Man, how many have been encouraged by soul sound check? How many gotten a word from God in this series? I tell you what, I, last week Ashley preached a, a word. It was fire. It was fire. It talked about our, where do we put our pain and how do we have a place for that. And I believe that this is the most powerful thing we can do as Christ followers is to come from a place of peace. When you see Jesus' life, you see all throughout where he went was chaos. He went to the darkest spaces. In fact, he was eating at the homes of those that we would today say, yeah, right. Jesus, you shouldn't be there. In fact, that's what the religious leaders said. How could you be eating at their house? Darkness. And everywhere that Jesus went, even though he was in the darkest places, even though he was persecuted, even though there were those that, that followed him and then fell back when it got hard, Jesus always came from a place of peace. And he shows us in the Bible how to do this. How we are to, as Christ followers, live in a life that is flowing in peace. That's flowing in a space of strength and joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. In other words, when we are joyful in the Lord, we're strong for the trial. When we have his joy in our lives, it doesn't matter what comes at us or comes against us. We have the joy that's buoyancy. It's abounding in us and causes us to walk with a different stride. Because it's the joy that's carrying us. It's not our, our own pushing through or striving to or declaring these whatever words. No, it, it's grabbing a hold to the promises of God that his joy is our strength. So we're going to dive in today. This is week four of this series. And I want to call today Redefining Rest. Now before we jump in, Doc, if you would, or Billy, who's there. Uh, we got Billy up in the production today. Come on. Billy Riddle in the building, baby. Um, can you put up that slide with the QR code? It's the Bible app. And if, if you would, just take one minute. Would you scan this code? What this is going to do is going to let you be able to follow along with today's message, have all the references to the scriptures, some of the talking points, and also some of the links of, of things that you can dive deeper into. But if you would, just scan that really quick. It's going to take you to the Bible app, and it's the event... Get on there. Get on there. Get on there. Thank you, Sean, the president, for this idea. He's always ideating. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're redefining rest. I'll put a little subline down there because I think this is so important because rest uh, can be defined in so many different ways, right? Especially in today's world. Rest can be defined as no work. Rest can be defined as sleep. Rest can be defined as a day off. All these things. I want to talk about the act of resting to restore. Resting to restore. How do you rest to have restoration? How do you step into a space where you're restoring all the strength? Restoring all the joy? Restoring all the things that you poured out into your environment? to your life, to your job. Devin said it well. Especially you parents in the building. Parenting is hard. <laughs> Devin watched our kids this past week as we were uh, traveling and she called us and she was like, parenting is no joke. You guys are nonstop. And it's true. It's true. And uh, 
all of us, we all have things that are pulling at us and calling for our attention. And so we have a lot to pour into. I want to talk today about how do we have the act of resting to restore so that it's a constant flow. It's a constant flow. That you don't live for the weekend. Though the weekend's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I love the weekend. I love Saturdays. You got nothing to think about besides just plugging into family. Right? What do we want to do? It's like the open day. But we can't live to recharge only on Saturday. How many know this to be true? You'll burn yourself out. How do you live in a space of constantly restoring? Restoring, right? Restoring. Just constantly come from that space where you are able to produce, able to love, able to give out of the place of overflow. How many want that in your life? All right. Uh, I hope all the hands are up right now because if you don't, you want to live tired, that's okay. You can do that. But I want to live restored. Restored. So we got to redefine rest because our world is, has put a definition on it. And they've given it, you know, they've given it what we think it is, right? And so we, we define it in all these different ways. But how many have ever have come out of rest and you felt more tired from resting? Like, for instance, like, you sleep more hours than you've ever gotten and you still wake up tired. <laughs> or you take a vacay and you need a vacay from your vacay, right? You get back and you're like, why am I tired? All I did was sit at the beach. Uh, there's many times we do that where we take a day off and we still feel stressed. We come back into our day and we're like, oh, I wish Saturday would continue. I need more of that. But I want to look at the idea of the Sabbath. I want to look at the idea of this. And it comes from Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do, not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor your foreign residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, this is coming from Moses being on the mountain, getting the Ten Commandments. And as he got the Ten Commandments, he came and read them to the people of God. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Don't kill each other, right? Don't put any gods before God, right? Don't lie, don't steal, right? All, all, the, the, all of them, that he listed them down. Then he took time on this one. And he made sure to define what it meant. He didn't just say... All right, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Moving on. He said, no, we got to take a pause here because this is important. And anytime you see that with more definition or more scriptures supporting, you have to pause and take notice. You have to pause and take notice. He says, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor, and on the seventh day you shall rest. The Lord, when we look back at creation, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, all the things, in six days. And we see this flow of how God wanted us to live. Six days of working, getting our work done. Never does the Bible say, well, if you're in Christ, you should just rest all the time. No work. 
No. How many have ever taken a day off and you just, you, well, actually, let me, let me phrase it like this. How many have taken multiple days off in a row and by the third or fourth day, you're going nuts because you have to produce something? And you start producing anything. You start organizing your drawer that's like been there for years, right? You're like, this is the day. I'm going to hit it. And you start touching up things and dusting. You know, dusting. Who dusts anymore, right? You start dusting. It's like, what am I doing? You're producing because you were created to create. You were created to produce. You were created to work. We weren't meant to sit on our keisters and do nothing. We just weren't. It's not how we were made. God didn't make us to say, all right, someday you're going to sit on your butt and do nothing. And you're going to work all your life until that day, and then you're going to do nothing. He didn't. He didn't say that. He said, no, I'm going to bless one day that's going to restore so that you can have six days to produce. And so we have to redefine what rest looks like, because how do we come from this place of creating? Number one, I want to look at creation. In creation, you always see the Lord spoke in the heavens and earth, right? The Lord spoke in the seas and the dry land were. The Lord spoke in the birds of the air. The Lord spoke and the fish filled the sea. The Lord spoke in all the vegetation. The Lord spoke. And then at the end of each day, it always says, and the Lord saw it. And he saw that it was good. Even God, the creator of the universe, stopped at the end of the day. And he stood back and he looked at what he created and he said, that's good. That's good. I want to talk about the margins, those little spaces where you can come into this place of restoration. But we have to understand, number one, that the Lord blesses the seventh day, the Sabbath. I want to encourage all of us in this room. There's no specific day that this is supposed to be. It's not that Christ said, all right, Saturdays is the day, so everybody take it off. All right, Sunday's the day. Lord knows I'd be out of context because I work on Sundays. Saturdays, whatever day it is for you, to take a Sabbath where you step back. Now, Israel did this well. The Israelites, they always set up an altar where they would remember what the Lord did. And on the Sabbath, they would take it to remember the faithfulness of God. They would work and produce and do what the Lord called them to do. And then they would set up an altar so they could remember what God did in the midst of them. I think one of the most crucial parts about what you do and where you work and how you produce is where you know where your strength comes from and you know who you're producing for. Do you know that? Do you know who you're producing for? Because let me tell you, if you're producing for your wife or your husband, if you're producing for your kids, if you're producing for yourself, if you're producing for generations to come, it's not wrong, but it's not right. When we start to produce for earthly things, we start to work from an earthly reservoir. When we start to work for earthly prize, we start to come from human strength. You have to know who you're working for. Once you know who you're working for, everything that's produced becomes a gift. This will change your life, I promise you. Because all the hours you put in, and I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. All those hours. 
I go to Be Well Fed. Lorenz is there again, putting in the hours. And then when she has those chicken finger thingies, come on, somebody. Got to preach about the chicken finger thingies. She crunching in the back, pulling an all-nighter, making sure everybody's well-fed. She's putting in them hours. Now, let me tell you, if Lorenza is putting in all those hours and crunching all that stuff for her, for her people, for all the things, she's going to be producing out of a space of human strength. But if she turns that around and says, this is what the Lord has called me to do. I am to worship him. I work as unto the Lord then all my crunching becomes worship unto the Father. You see that? And now it becomes a sacrifice. Oh, God, I worship you. I thank you that you've given me the ability to feed people and make them healthy. God, I worship you in this. And every person that walks through my restaurant, every person that walks through this cafe, I thank you, God, that you're giving me the ability to show them health, to show them new life in you. It becomes worship out of your life. Man, me and Ashley, we are producing videos and producing stories for our clients only. And for us to get money, we'd be going crazy. We'd be at each other's throats. It's hard work. It's hard to wake up every day and say, all right, create something new. All right, do something new. Play, monkey, play. That's hard. But when you wake up and you realize... Lord, and this, when we came into Philadelphia, God changed my perspective. Because when I was doing youth ministry, I had this side hustle. Everybody got a side hustle? Everybody's got side hustles these days. It's just a thing. You do your main thing, and then I got this side thing I'm working on. You know, I got this side hustle that I really want to be doing full time, but right now it's just a side hustle. So I remember doing youth ministry, and I had a camera in my hand. It was my side hustle. And I remember starting to produce uh, videos and content while I'm doing ministry and thinking, man, this is taking way too much time. But I realized I could pay for my ministry with this camera. And the Lord changed my mindset. Because when I came into the city, I, I was confronted. People were like, well, when are you going to give up the camera so you can pastor full time? When are you going to put that thing down so you can pick this mic up and become a pastor full time? And the Lord transformed the way I thought about it. And I want to transform your thinking about what you do. He said, that camera is a key to unlock doors that nothing else can so that you can worship me in that space. Ah, y'all didn't hear me. Because <laughs> you didn't put it in your context. Because whatever the Lord has put in your hands, whether it may seem way off on right field, the Lord gave you that as a key so you could unlock some rooms that you wouldn't be able to get in and worship the Lord in without it. Some of you are incredible teachers. You're incredible with students. You're incredible in the room. And you don't realize that the Lord has blessed you with that key to unlock those hearts so that you could get in that room and worship him with bringing heaven to earth in that space. Some of you are so creative. you got music ability. You're writing songs. I think Nina and her project's coming up. I think Jay in the back, Doc producing. I think, I mean, look around this room. There's so much creativity in this room. You think the Lord just gave you that just to have a side hobby? Do you feel good? Well, I see. I feel good. No. God gave you that as a key so you could unlock some doors. 
Let me tell you, there are some rooms that I will never walk into, but you will because you have a key. And there are some rooms you will never be invited to, but I will walk in freely because of my stupid dang camera. So funny. It's a camera. Millions of people got cameras these days. It's called an iPhone. <laughs> but the Lord made my camera a key. As therefore, everything I do is worship to the one who gave it to me. You know what that does? It sets me free to worship. I don't work. I worship. When you realize what's in your hand, when you realize that ability is from God, all of a sudden you don't work anymore. Now you wake up to worship with your gift. Just say it with me. I don't work. I worship. Isn't that so freeing? I don't work. I worship. I don't show up to work to clock in and put my nine hours in and I'm going to do some overtime because we need to save up for vacay and all these things. That, that's human thoughts. When you rock up to your job and say, I got authority in Christ. He's given me a key to unlock this room. And I'm going to release heaven in this space. Woo! You don't work no more. You worship. That's the place of restoration. Why? Because everything you produce doesn't work. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Your work is still going to feel like work. <laughs> we don't live in a fairy tale world. Your work's still going to be hard. There's still going to be days you want to quit. There's still going to be times where you're talking yourself into it in the mirror, right? Keep going. You've got it. There's people that are dependent on you. I know. I've been there. Many times I want to throw in the towel. But then I'm reminded that what I'm doing is producing heaven. What I'm doing is emptying hell and filling heaven. I don't want anybody to go to hell. You know what's happening in hell? Non-stop torture. Gnashing of teeth. People burned but never died. Can you imagine? Burning and desiring nothing less than death and you can't. You can't die. You can't go away. It's forever eternity. I don't want anybody to spend time there. So I know when I show up on the scene, I'm coming from a place of rest because I'm like, Lord, I'm worshiping you. And in this space, you're going to give me opportunities to unlock doors so that souls can know you. I don't know how you're going to get it done. And that's not up to me. All I do is follow. All I do is follow. If you're caught up in that, well, what am I going to do? Well, how am I going to use my gift? Well, you just, you just, you just worship him. You just do it as unto the Lord. And he's going to show you how to use that gift for him. And then you step back every day and you look and you say, that was good. That was good. That was good. So by the time you get to the Sabbath and you take your day off, whoo, it's a whole other experience. Because you produce for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. All right, we got to keep moving. My goodness, it's already 1110. What the jazz? Can we slow that clock down? We have to continue this next week. 
Are you all good if we keep going? All right. We're going to keep going, and then we're, we're going to cut this, and we'll, we'll do more next week because i got a lot more to give you. Matthew 11, chapter 28. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, are you tired? Worn out? Burn out on religion? You know what religion is? Religion, religion is a set of things you must do in order to be in the club. That's what religion is. You came into this church and we're like, all right, now that you're here, look at the rules. No. Doing this. No, doing that. Can you imagine if we did that? No, doing this. If you want to be a member here, these are the things you cannot do. That's religion. That's taking the chains off of sin and putting chains on of religion. Oh, so heavy. So much to do. So much to carry. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Check this out. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. All right, we got to go here. God is a God of rhythm. The rhythm of God was produced when he spoke the world into existence, the universe. All of a sudden, everything was in rhythm. As the moon and the sun orbit rhythm, set in motion. And then he formed man. And man was lifeless until the breath of God got in his lungs. And then all of a sudden, <sighs> rhythm. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. And even your pulse speaks of the rhythm of God. Your breath. The rhythm of God. The pulse literally signifies the oxygen you breathe in that is now contained in your blood. Once you realize that our God is a God of rhythm, you realize that true rest and true peace comes when you align with his rhythm. Because he's working and he's moving and he's flowing in a rhythm. And when you get that rhythm, when you start to syncopate your life with his rhythm and you listen in, you realize he's on this beat. Then your life becomes the march to his rhythm. As soon as you get off, 
of his rhythm, you start living in chaos. Rest has a lot to do with how we enter into it. A lot of us, we want to enter into rest with chaos going on. But really aligning ourselves with, well, God, he says, if you're burnout, if you're tired, come into my rhythm. When you come into my rhythm, I become the resource that you need to produce life out of yours. When you come into my rhythm, what I'm flowing in, because here is the joy, here is the peace, here is the strength. When you come into my rhythm, all of a sudden now your life becomes a part of that rhythm. Now everything you produce comes out of that space of joy, out of that space of peace. But it's a, a rhythm of God. And what I'll tell you about this is that everything, everything, when God is in it, it produces life. And I wrote this down. I, I think this is rest is not the absence of something. It is the presence of someone. Rest is not the absence of something. That's what our world defines. Well, if you just don't work, if you just take a break, if you just retire, if you just blah, 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 fill in the blank, just have this, if you just have enough money, if you just go here, if you just have this platform, then you're going to find that place of peace. You're going to fi find that place of rest. Well, rest is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. When you invite God into your work, when you invite the Lord into the flow of what you're producing and it becomes worship, then you become a part of his rhythm. And in his rhythm is the fullness of Christ. Paul said, now I'm experiencing the fullness of Christ. Not just what we talked about, but now I'm experiencing it in my life. And the one who controls everything now has the last say over it. So my question is this. Do you, do you trust him who holds your life in his hands? Do you trust the one who, who made you, the one who loves you, and the one who is working with you. I love that he doesn't say, you do and I'll give you strength to do. He says, no, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Work with me. Work with me. Do you know that you're not working alone, but you're actually partnering with the Holy Spirit in everything that you do? That when you worship the Lord in your work, when you worship the Lord in raising your kids, when you worship the Lord in what you're producing, when you worship the Lord in creativity, that he is working alongside of you. And the Bible says that he says, take on my yoke, which means he's yoked to the same thing you are. That's good news. Because when you come into his rhythm, all of a sudden, he becomes the strength that's alongside of you. And you work with God. want to jump down if you're following along in your Bible app jump down to the restorative rest I want to give you these these incredible ways to come into rest I, I believe that rest a, a lot of us we approach rest as like an escape when it really needs to be an entrance 
Some of us, we run to escape something. But let me tell you this. Rest is something you enter into. And I'm, this is why it's so important that you get this, okay? Dads, moms, sisters, brothers, employees, business owners. Let me, let me tell you this. This is why it's so crucial that you get this. Is because when you enter into rest, you realize you can enter into rest at any moment of the day on any day of the week. You're not living for the weekend. You're not living for one day that you can get off. No, you can enter into this every day. You can enter this moment in the afternoon. You can take a step back from work and just enter into this moment of rest. I want to talk about that. How do we enter into a restorative rest? A rest that restores our bodies, restores our minds, restores our strength. Are you ready? You got them down here, so follow with me. Number one. We celebrate. We think about all the ways God has blessed us and shown up in our lives past week, day, month, even moment. If you just step back and just say, you know what, I need to take, I need to take a little breather. I need to step into my R&R. How many want to do that at your work? <laughs> Excuse me, I need a little a rest break. Let me go restore real quick. Having a chaos moment, let me take a break and take a moment to celebrate. Lord, I thank you. And sometimes this is really hard because when you're in the middle of a stressful moment, all you want to do is complain about that stressful moment or figure out how you're going to make it work. But, but you'll never be able to produce life and joy and peace if you don't come from that space of celebrating with the Lord because that's his rhythm. That's the rhythm of God. The second thing is we worship. We worship. When we worship, it's an act of submission. It's surrendering our thoughts and our emotions. We worship God who is who he, he says he is. He's not merely just what he can do for us. We're worshiping for who he is, not just what his hand has to give us. When we step back and we say, you know what, Lord, let me just celebrate right now. Thank you. Thank you for this ability to worship you with my life. Thank you for this ability to have a key to unlock rooms. Thank you for what you're doing in the midst of this space. And Lord, I worship you because, and you fill in the blank, you are faithful. I worship you because you are moving. I thank you because you have saved me. I thank you because you have given me mercy. Thank you, God, that you have forgiven me. Thank you, God, that you have given me joy. You give me strength. I showed up today. See how that changes your mindset? You just step into a place of restoration. Oh, yeah, God, restore my thoughts. The third thing is we pray. We spend time in prayer and we sit quietly before the Lord with no distractions. Bring our burdens, confess your sins, receive forgiveness, thank him, praise him, spend time saying not a single word. It doesn't matter what it looks like, but just spend time coming in. Because what you do then is you partner with what he's doing in the moment. That's restorative. That's restorative. When you say, Lord, I celebrate what you're doing. God, I worship you for who you are. And Lord, right now, whew, from this space of knowing who you are, I declare life. I declare hope. Coming to a hard conversation, right? Got to take a moment. Celebrate. Lord, I thank you for this moment that you've given me to be a leader. I thank you for this moment, that this, this influence you've given me to speak life, right? I thank you for this moment where I get to release heaven. It's hard to see that in the moment. But Lord, I thank you because you're faithful, because you placed me here. I worship you. I, I elevate you because of who you are. In that moment, then I pray. Lord, I just pray I release. I release soft hearts. I release Life change. 
I release something into this moment that can't be done on my own strength. I release it. And the last time is we rest on purpose. We decide in those moments of rest, we're not going to solve problems. We're not going to multitask. We're not going to negative think. We're only going to use restorative thoughts. Out of a space of rest. Can you imagine what this would do to your weekend if you entered into your weekend like this? And I'm not saying that you have to spend the whole weekend doing this. I'm saying just enter into this moment. Let this be your entrance and then rest. And then decide. That fourth thing is so important because then you decide, you know what? In this space, I need to restore. In this space, in this moment, I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to have negative thoughts. I'm not even going to solve problems. I can hang up my cape for just a moment, right? Because I need to restore. I need the Lord to, to pour into me what he already has in his hands and his heart for me. And that changes everything about your rest. Because then you walk in to receive of the Lord what is rightfully yours as a child of God. To receive his peace, his joy, his strength. And here's what I'm believing for your week. That as you do this, as you step into this space of rest, it literally becomes a space where you're producing out of. Where you come to him and you're celebrating what the Lord's doing. You're worshiping him for who he is. You're praying and declaring things over your life. And you're deciding, all right, in this moment, I'm just plugging into the Lord. And in that space, you produce. And all week long, here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that God produces such life out of that space. That everything in your hand now becomes a key. And you realize, I am literally unlocking doors that no other person can. And the way that I worship with my key is where I can produce what God wants me to my question for you is this, as you dive into this, will you allow the Lord to work with you? He doesn't want to bless you from afar. That's not the God we serve. If that was the God we served, he would have never sent Jesus. He would have just been in his universe and called the shots from there. But the Bible says God loved the world so much. He saw every one of us, and he loved us so much that he had to send his son. He had to. He had to send his flesh and blood to the earth to show us how much he cares, how much he gets us, how much he loves us. I want to play a song as we come into a time just uh, of this altar. And as we play this song, I believe that the Lord wants to create in us a sound mind. I believe that the Lord wants to produce in you a space of rest to where you are coming into a life that is producing out of the overflow. How many would say in this room, I, I want to do that. I want to come from a space of overflow. And I believe the Lord's going to do that in your life today. And as you just decide, Lord, I'm going to put my eyes on you. I'm going to turn my attention to you, to worshiping you. What happens, the Bible says when we elevate him and he becomes our priority, when we seek him first, then all the things of the world just fall into place. And that doesn't mean that you don't work. We still work. But when you're seeking him first, it works properly. When you seek him first, you don't have to fear. You don't fear what man may do. 
You don't fear what the economy may do. You don't fear those things. You just keep your eyes on the Lord because you realize he is my help. He is my resource. Some of you, that's, that's releasing you right now because you've been producing out of you. You're like, how am I going to? You need to change that. Say, how will the Lord show up on my behalf? Change your mindset. It's not you producing, my friend. You're just worshiping unto the Lord and saying, where's my help come from? And maybe in the past you said, it's me, my education. It's what I've learned. It's all my experience. It's all things I've been through. And let me, let me help you, encourage you today to release that to the Lord and say, you know what? No longer, no longer am I in charge. I release the reins of my life to you, Lord. 